Hi everyone, welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. This week I am joined by Oscar Nielsen and Joel Miller, both product designers at Figma that work on the new auto layout features. Head them on to talk all about the new auto layout and some of the behind the scenes of that project. It's a good one. Uh, also, this episode was sponsored by Zeppelin. I'll tell you more about them uh, in just a sec. So let's get to the show. I see that we're all wearing black, so yes, we're all designers. Oh, wow. And <laughs> of course. Thank you for, for dressing appropriately. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> for, for the design podcast. Uh, the whole week I was thinking of like of an intro, like how would I point out the fact that Kevin is not here? So I would start with saying, hey, Kevin, what's up? And then, Kevin, oh, crap, I need to find someone else. All the scenarios that I thought about, they're all cringe. So I'm not going to do that. And I guess this is it. I'll just, I'll just put this at the top of the show. Kevin is not here. But instead, I have two fabulous guests that I would love to introduce. So we have uh, Joel and Oscar, both from product designers at Figma, right? Is that, okay? is that right? That's right. I yeah. didn't check your titles. That's right. Um, so they... Our voices, this is all a thing, this is always a thing in podcasts. Like, people don't really know who's who sometimes, especially if they're new to the show, especially if their voices are kind of similar. I think all of our voices are somehow similar. There's not a lot of contrast, let's say, in our voices. So, um, <laughs> maybe I'll just uh, ask if y'all could give a quick introduction. Who are you? <laughs> uh, how'd you? How'd you end up at Figma in working on Auto Layout? Um, uh, maybe we can, start, we can start with you, Oscar. Yeah, um, I'm Oscar, uh, product designer at Figma. Um, I've been working at Figma for uh, like one year and maybe four months, something like that. So a bit more than a year. Um, live in Sweden, uh, actually kind of far up north in a small city called Umeå, where we actually have a small, small Figma office. Uh, we're three, oh, three wow. people there. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, also split my time a little bit with uh, my family lives sort of in the Stockholm region, so. Uh, but yeah, live in Sweden, work at Figma. Uh, what about you, Joel? Yeah, hi, I'm Joel, uh, product designer at Figma. I work in, I live in London, and I've been here for about just over a year as well. And uh, in a past life as well, I was a graphic designer, so I was doing that for a few years and then transitioned into product design and ended up at Figma working on auto layout. Oh, that's cool. So wait, is, is this your first product design uh, gig? No, no, no. So I, I worked at a small startup before called Visley, uh okay. for like a year and a half as well, uh, doing product design and then moved to Figma. Cool. Uh, that's cool. So we're all, you know, this is a European heavy show uh, today. Uh, love it. Love the European energy. Are y'all feeling it? Whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, whatever that. I don't know. I feel like I can feel it. Just do, do I count like with, you know, the whole Brexit thing? Does that still count? Uh, I mean, you know, Europe, you can't escape that, I don't think. I don't think you can leave Europe, but uh, the EU, yeah, it's okay. You know, it's all right. Unless you want to talk about it. No, 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 let's not, about talk about it? About <laughs> let's not talk about that. <laughs> the reason that uh, I have you here today, I mean, not just because you're awesome and I really want to talk to you, but you both worked on the the new auto layout uh, feature. I don't know if you call it a V2 or... But the new improvements on auto layout that it was announced at Config, uh, and you also had uh, you presented a, a talk at, at the conference as well, already explaining and, and you know taking us through the behind the scenes behind the scenes of, of the feature and the, the whole project. Um, I don't want to assume that everyone listening to this saw that, but I also don't want to just rehash the same content. So you know, just I think everyone should watch it uh, listening to this if you're interested maybe after the show or whatever or pause it and watch it. I don't I don't know how this works. But um so I would love to to talk to you a little bit more about about that whole project. Uh well, I guess before we start talking about the feature, maybe we can start by explaining to people listening maybe they don't know uh what auto layout is. So so in your words, wh what is auto layout? No, but auto layout is a Figma feature that um uh, it takes your layers and it sort of automatically lays them out on the canvas according to uh, a set of rules. Um, and those rules are sort of the features of auto layout. So um, by default, perhaps you take uh, a button and, and you add auto layout to, it, layout to it and that makes it sort of resized to its content. That's like, that's like one of the, 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 the basic features. But I mean, using it for lists, for example, you can have your list grow according to how many list items you add to the list. 
Um, so basically just making your layout sort of respond to the amount of content and the, the sort of the, the layout rules that that you set up. So cool. couldn't couldn't say it better. <laughs> so I guess I could start just by asking, how did y'all got introduced to this project? Yeah, I mean, I can uh, start with sort of. Uh, so we so we joined, uh, or yeah, me and Joel, we both joined kind of at the same time, a bit more than a year ago, um, and um, yeah, it was kind of floated as a potential project in in sort of our first months, um, and uh, I think it was maybe in sort of June or May last year that we first started sort of thinking about the first, um, uh, yeah, basically like what, what if we sort of. Uh, ship an update to Adelaide. What would that look like? So we started like thinking about it as a project, and uh, we re- actually reached out on uh, to the community, uh, sort of a bit extra to sort of see, get a bit more uh, sense of what people were thinking about the current version of Adelaide. And uh, and this was actually just, I think it was just like six, like half a year after the the past new release of Adelaide. So it actually wasn't that. Mm. It was kind of. I think everyone felt that we we basically just released a new version. Should we actually start thinking about a new a new version again? Um, but yeah, um, so we started thinking about it um, uh, kind of summer, like early summer last year, twenty twenty one, and uh, yeah, uh-huh. basically took it from there. Quick turnaround. How much of the uh, I saw? I think um, I think uh, Raji tweeted. Um, I think it was him, or, or maybe. Shoe or I forget, but I remember seeing a big tweet got a lot of engagement asking how how did people feel about our layout or like asking what what did they want to see different or um, then our layout. I think you you did bring up this in in your presentation. Um, it's a very it's a very po- polarizing can I say a polarizing feature uh, in Figma in like in I guess design tools in general. People love it. Some people hate it. Some people hate it until they love it. <laughs> um, what what about it do you think like hits hits a nerve with 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 designers? Like what what about this feature? Because I don't see people feel that strongly about linear gradients or whatever. <laughs> you know, the power of, of and like automation, I guess, kind of of it, where it just automatically resizes and it spaces things out for you automatically, it hasn't really been seen in a design tool before. So I guess like that powerful feature sort of resonates with people and it speeds up the workflow, makes them feel like power users. But then at the same time, I think as we added more features to auto layout, it became more complex because we wanted to add more power. Um, I think that's when things started to get maybe a bit too complicated because people didn't quite understand how it worked. Um, I think, I guess the people who were familiar with like CSS and Flexbox, they kind of understood it and really saw the value in it and just wanted more of those kind of CSS features added on top of it. And then and meanwhile, you have like the people who aren't technical who are just being introduced to auto layout as a thing, not knowing about the, you know, the CSS properties it's like inspired from, uh, just not understanding it and having the opposite reaction. So it sort of added like this thing in the middle that's like pushing people on separate sides. And again, we referred to it in the talk. There was like this tension between like people who loved auto layout and people who hated it. And they were sort of like both pulling each other in opposite directions, especially when it came to like collaborating on the same file. Yeah, that's that's a huge thing you have to keep in mind. Yeah, like it's not just catering for one user. It's, you know, one file has potentially hundreds <laughs> of different users working on the same thing. Um, in your, in your, this is a question from from Kevin. Uh, he really want to ask you this. Uh, in your presentation, you mentioned that uh, there were some users who were like believers of auto layout and, and the skeptics. And effectively, it's what we were talking about. Some people hate hate the feature. Some people love it. Um, before you started the project, which camp were you on as a product designer? Were you a believer or were you a skeptic? Yeah, maybe I can start. Um, I. I I think I recall using the first versions of auto layout whenever they launched, like a little bit, like you, you created a button that automatically resized. And I, I think I kind of like mm-hmm. that, but I think I kind of lost track a little bit when um, version three launched, whenever that was, I mean, at this point, maybe it was like two years ago uh, when uh, I think it's, so you sort of started to stretch in two dimensions and mm-hmm. it added a lot of complexity. And I actually didn't really learn of all of that, functionality and i was kind of a little bit frustrated myself of it um um 
yeah, so so up even until starting this project, I, I actually couldn't like there were some aspects of the feature that I, I wasn't really hadn't figured out. Um, but I mean, since obviously since starting the project, I, I, I sort of know it through and through. But <laughs> but but, um, but yeah, I definitely haven't been sort of a, like a hardcore fan uh, all throughout. But sort of more like I guess a balanced sort of use it whenever I like it and when it feels good mm-hmm. sort of perspective. How about you, Joel? Yeah, for me, it was kind of similar. I think the first time also I launched in Figma, I was just like super excited. I loved like it, things being able to like, automatically resize. And I was one of those people who initially uh, <laughs> wanted things to like stretch and grow in the first version. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think when it got to like auto layout V3, I was happy because I had more power, but I just didn't really understand how to use some of the controls. I guess the resize mode was a bit tricky to get my head around. And then um, I actually didn't initially like the alignment widget control where it had like padding and thing and uh, mm-hmm. the alignment combined. It took me a while to like get the hang of that. Um, and I was always like clicking the padding icon, which was like next to the padding, like within the padding input. Um, I was clicking that for the alignment control, but actually it was like the button next to it. But yeah, so that was a, that took a while to like figure out how to forget. It's, it's such a, like, like you mentioned that for some users who are maybe also technical or, they are familiar with some CSS properties and, and they look at auto layout and in their mind, I think they got it. They, they understand what's happening. And if they're those types of users, I think then they expect to just do all the things that you could with CSS. And I hear like, sometimes I feel guilty of that. Just like, just give me the CSS, the, the Flexbox properties, you know, like let me just pick it. Me assuming that it's just Flexbox in the, you know, behind the scenes probably not it's probably a bit more complicated than that i mean okay i guess i could ask i have you here is it just flexbox in the in the you know behind the canvas oh definitely not okay <laughs> i wish it was that that easy <laughs> cool. um no but there's definitely yeah. a layer of us sort of translating it to figma land and uh adding all the sort of i guess good parts about figma to to layouting but yeah um but yeah, that does make it a bit hard to sort of add Flexbox features. It's not as simple. I mean, it's kind of funny you see on Twitter, like someone's like suggesting we add a feature to to, uh, uh, to auto layout. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's just a button basically. Just, just add it right here in the UI. And, uh, but yeah, there's yeah, a lot of things. Absolute. Exactly. Yeah. No, but there's, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that's uh, yeah, kind of uh, yeah. daunting, actually. <laughs> I, I, I can only imagine. Um, it's uh, this feature is I, I remember when it came out um and we're like oh here we go like finally not everything needs to be hand-drawn for lack of a better word um pretty much in design tools prior to auto layout everything you you would see it was the designer who put it there everything was very intentional it was not only when you got auto layout which yeah i think even before I think thinking of you know more complex layouts, I think the the first use case that people could understand is like a button that resizes automatically based on the width of the of the label or something. Because it, that's it's just I people know what they want and doing that manually can be very frustrating. So it felt we all got this like rush, uh, like oh my god, <laughs> the design tool can now work for us. Um, we're just getting a little bit. A hint of programming i think <laughs> right, right. but it was like the first time that now the tool is doing things for you so the width of this was not me who said it manually it's being calculated by the tool and i think that is like a like a it's it's the tool is branching out a little bit because now you are effectively programming with a visual interface but you know you're letting the tool do things for you um and and then that then you have like all other programming tools kind of try to meet the design tools in the middle or you know like now it, it's the you see this path like the spectrum um, of of these tools I think and totally. I don't know yeah, where yeah. I'm going with this question um, but like that's that is powerful that feels like this is the next step which it just feels like a like a little taste of eventually what these tools can become one day um, I'm not gonna ask you about like. <laughs> you know, future like roadmaps or anything, but like, how do you, 
how, internally, how do you treat auto layout? Does it does it feel like a different thing? Like even in terms of uh, concepts, it, there's like new ideas that maybe not every traditional designer or like new designer have been introduced to, like the concept of absolute positioning or you know even stuff like padding, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you how do you how do you deal with that? Like how do you introduce these? concepts how much do you decide to lean on existing concepts from maybe the the, the software engineering world or, or or and how much do you decide to maybe take your own spin maybe clean it up um and package it in, in, the, in the figma flavor i think yeah yeah um, um joel you probably have a lot of things to say here but maybe i can start <laughs> with just um um i mean we're definitely like thinking about code being something that you i mean it relates to product design you're designing a product that's eventually eventually going to be built right so in some sense um it's going to be good if like you can speak the same language as, as developers and, and sort of mm-hmm. not be in completely separate worlds um so we definitely i mean that's something we think about um we also think about like auto layout as specifically like when you start using auto layout like it takes your design closer to production. I mean, the, you, you start using some of this, what you were talking about, like more computational rules and and, and layout setups that, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it feels more similar to how it's how it's going to be built. It might be easier mm-hmm. to talk to your developer. Um, I think my favorite example from, from Autolet V4, as we, as we, that's what we call, like at, at least internally, uh, and in, in, our, in our talk, uh, the, this new version, um, um, it's it's actually the individual borders feature in combination with the feature mm. that borders now take up space, which make it feel a bit more like the sort of the box model in CSS, where mm-hmm. you add a border and it sort of like grows into the layout. Um, and that's probably Thank my you sort for of that. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that may, that's a really sort of distinct example for me where it really takes us one step closer to sort of yeah, just m- mimicking how it will feel mm-hmm. on the sort of the, the other end uh, of your work when it's actually getting built so yeah i think for me um also that i see it as like a bridge between design and development and i think figma has a few of these like features you know just having the concept of com- components for example and like variants and now component props as well i think we're moving to this world where we're like bridging between design and development like code concepts and uh, in design as well and I think it's all event about making uh, it easier to like collaborate with the developers. So you know when everyone's speaking the same language, everyone understands what's trying to be built. And I think Auto Layout is a great example of that. Um, I think now, like my favorite feature, now we've got absolute positioning. We don't need the like hack frame thing that you used to have to do. Now, so it won't confuse developers when they're inspecting a design, for example. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's that, that was huge. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty huge. <laughs> I think it's about um, just. I, I mean, to call it to like the mission to make design accessible for everyone. I think it's not just like designers; it's developers too. So, I guess making these features where everyone can like collaborate and understand the the, the same thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But but it's also a little bit of a balance, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we we have this sort of principle, or at least like saying that's been floated internally that Figma should be like a thoughtful subset of CSS. So not necessarily like implement everything that that CSS supports or any other sort of layouting framework, but mm-hmm. sort of take the the pieces that make sense and. Um, uh, I mean, you, you sort of need to marry it with sort of the design tool world as well because there there is sort of a legacy there as well with uh, image editing editing tools and, and vector editing tools that are different from css so you sort of need to bridge the gap a little bit but uh, but yeah at least sort of definitely keep it in mind make it similar where it makes sense and uh, uh yeah uh, try to bridge, yeah. bridge that that gap yeah and, and you touched on an interesting point that like ultimately Taking the use case of like people are designing software, so eventually this will be <laughs> turned into code. Uh, sometimes by someone else, sometimes by the same user who's using the, the Figma in this case. Um, 
but and you see like a lot of these concepts being borrowed let's say for figma like like the concept of of branching in you know like in your library files or um well now auto labs is also a big one um the whole thing with the the inspect tab that's that's trying to show you that like it's the same thing or at least you have a bridge right it's not it's not magic you can translate you can take some of this work and apply it uh in code ultimately um is there you don't have to answer you know you don't have to speak for your employer <laughs> but like how 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 enticing uh attractive is this idea of like actually building the code which we see sometimes with like you either see tools like Webflow trying to be like design tools, and then you see design tools like now framework sites or whatever trying to be like website builders or whatever. Figma has been pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Consistent in their mission. In a, you're not going crazy and trying to be website builders, or you know even the prototyping tool uh, in Figma has been. You're not pivoting, and now you're a prototyping tool, right? Um, which is good, and and I think it, that shows in. Well, it translates in a lot of trust also from users. Like you're not gonna change the product, but but like as designers, as you're building this, as you can, I imagine you're you're thinking ahead and like imagining the the power. <laughs> um, how enticing is that to kind of borrow more and more concepts from engineering? And like, can you think of an example in where like maybe an idea or something that you felt it was a bit too far? It's going too far. Maybe for now. I guess I think. I guess no. I think in, we can talk about auto layout. Like I think in auto layout, we obviously considered adding like more things like breakpoints and uh, like wrapping and things like that, which everyone wanted. Um, but one of the things we didn't want to do, uh, what, what that would have involved, was sort of like uh, potentially doing like a migration as well. So we didn't really want to do that because it would make the project longer. But also, it was adding more power and it wasn't reducing the complexity of auto layout three, which was a big problem. So we needed to make sure that the features that we were adding were thoughtful ones to improve usability and not to like add complexity. So like absolute position is a great one because you had to hack auto layout to, you know, build a tooltip, which is ridiculous, really, mm -hmm. if you think about it. And then um, sort of like uh, the negative spacing as well. Like so everyone mm -hmm. has this like avatar stack uh, component in most products these days. So like not being able to use auto layout for that was like a, a bit of a problem so i guess yeah uh i'm guilty of using yeah wrapping whatever element i want to go wild on a frame like a one pixel frame and then moving the stuff inside to achieve whatever layout i'm going for <laughs> and it felt i mean yeah it felt i felt dirty <laughs> but also i mean the initial thought it was like oh my god i'm a genius this is great <laughs> i hacked it but then yeah no no one's gonna be able to decode this this layout this is crazy but it gives me satisfaction when a layout is assembled not purely by a layout but like there's the rules this looks like it does because there's rules it's nothing's you know random <laughs> and so i do have that like especially in my like design system library or whatever file but like it gives me immense pleasure to know that this whole thing is responsive and it's, you know, it's, it's just rules. Like you, you know, can like sort of tr trust be. your trust your layers <laughs> that they're going to do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even if there's no need, sometimes there's no absolutely no need for this to 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 have auto layout turned on. But still, I'm like, well, but you know, why not? Sorry, um, I was just going to say, what's your favorite useless reason to use auto layout? Uh, I mean, I use auto layout especially in my library files, like the actual canvas, like all the components, sometimes it's just like one big old auto layout frame <laughs> just so that they're all like laid out <laughs> consistently. Um, so you have like, this is all my, this is my column of buttons. This is my column of, uh, you know, list cells or something. That is an auto layout. Each of them is an auto layout thing wrapped in another auto layout thing to lay them all out in a canvas. You know, I think my fellow designers hate me, and maybe that's why I always join uh, really small startups, and <laughs> uh, no one can tell me to, to stop. Uh, but yeah, that's. Do we have a name like these? It's not pro users, just annoying users, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
This week's episode of Layout is sponsored by Zeppelin. Earlier this year, Zeppelin launched a new feature called Flows, which is a new way to communicate design intention. They built it because they noticed a trend with designers trying to explain design intentions by adding arrows and lines and shapes and extra layers to their Figma files. This, of course, makes it easy to to edit and make changes, and then every time you update a screen uh, or add new ones or remove some, all the lines need to be redrawn. So Flows from Zeppelin are a fast and effortless way to create and outline user flows and journeys. Designers can use flows to connect screens in seconds and map complete user journeys, showing not just the happy path, but all the possible paths and behaviors. All you need to do is add screens you want in a flow and then add a connector, which will snap into place to connect screens and design elements. And you can even add labels to clarify edge cases or error paths or stuff like that. As you publish new versions of your design, your flows and connectors will get updated automatically as the screens change. So how is this any different from just doing it directly in Figma? Well, the it would be a bit more time-consuming and, and harder to maintain directly in Figma. And with flows, you have additional features like your groups and boards, flow previews. Uh, like you can you can cluster and, and name a whole set of screens and flows. Like like you know name the, this this is the login path or this is the payment flow onboarding stuff like that. Boards allows you to create uh, folders or tabs and organized by specific product features or or like dev teams or you know this is for the marketing peeps or whatever um and lastly flow previews is pretty cool it's when you're looking at a, at a screen you can just hover and preview the next screen in the flow without having to you know navigate directly to it it's pretty cool uh, give them a shot um just go to zeppelin.io or if you want to be you know super thorough zeppelin.io slash features slash flows uh, we're going to provide links in, in the in the show notes so you can just click that and, and check them out it's super cool and we're so grateful for zeppelin to to come back and and sponsor layout all right now back to the show You mentioned that like reducing complexity was a big part of this project, so I'm going to assume that it was maybe somehow of a of a hurdle for for the skeptics to be turned into believers. I guess even now, because it's been uh, a week or a couple of weeks since 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 it released, have you seen like a positive reaction from users? Like, did you feel like it has improved um, not just discoverability, but just you know, usage in general. Yeah, I think the, reac- the reaction has been crazy. I mean, it's so good so far. Nice. Um, yeah, we've seen people say, uh, well, internally, like a couple of designers went didn't actually like even like also layout, and now they're saying like, oh my god, I love it so much. I'm using it all the time. Uh, like I can actually like learn how to use it, which is which is amazing to see. Yeah, I mean, just following the sort of the. Uh, qualitative response on, on like the forums and, and Twitter and, and and talking to users who, who who's been using it now like it's definitely really positive so we're feeling good about it um, but yeah those as Joel mentioned those comments where uh, someone actually says like this this update converted me which we, we've had a few of those um, I mean it's hard to know if, if like the, the sort of the numeric like <laughs> like what what's the actual impact yet we don't really know <laughs> right. it yet but uh, Seeing a few of those comments definitely sort of it, it made it feel a bit better. Like I, w- I was a bit tense, like when we released it. Like, is this actually gonna accomplish <laughs> yeah. some of these things? Because as you mentioned, like that was part of the initial goal with this project to to make it a bit more for everyone. Because it sort mm-hmm. of has been this sort of niche power user feature. But but yeah, seeing some of those comments has definitely uh, been feeling good uh, lately. And we haven't had too many negative things. It, I mean, it's always details. There's so many different. Um, uh, sort of just really nuanced aspects of the experience, like whether it's like um, us prioritizing like uh, the padding inputs right now, like there you can do horizontal mm-hmm. or or um, vertical. That's sort of the default. I mean that that is a design choice, it, intentional, very much. Um, some people missed old style, which where you had sort of the the, the four way padding input as the, the sort right. of the, the top level input, and, and there's always, there's like. 10 more of those examples of like detailed nuances of the design where I mean some users might might prefer one way, way or the other but like overall like looking at the overall sort of response we're definitely feeling good about it and and especially that part about making it a bit more accessible and a bit more sort of perhaps 
compatible with sort of the the collaborative part, right? Where you can take a design, mm. add all layout, and actually feel good about sharing it without like your teammate like getting a lot of headaches. Yeah, uh, we we can go there actually. So because the improvements was not just on what you can do and even the UI and the inspector itself, but there's a lot of new stuff in the canvas directly, a lot of direct manipulation and more just visual hints of what's happening and what's trying to understand what, you know, what's happening. I think before, um, even just amongst designers, sometimes it was hard to figure out like what was using auto layout, what wasn't, let alone developers. You know, it was always a bit of a struggle. Like I kind of had to let them know or annotate the file or something like, by the way, this is, I don't know, automatic verticals thing with this spacing or something. Um, so lo- love love those features. What what was the was that also like in the whole theme of making it more approachable uh, and more you know accessible? Yeah, def- definitely. Um, <clears throat> so we like uh, when you previously had like also layout uh, a frame on the canvas. There's like no distinction between that and regular frame. So if you want to try and move things around, you'd just be confused as to why you can have this like free form. Uh, mm-hmm. control over like elements within a frame um so one of the things we really want to do is just to like highlight more information on the canvas itself and sort of show you um like where things like padding and spacing has been applied so that immediately you just understand oh this is using also layout straight away um i think one of the, my favorite things as well is just showing the structure of a frame and its children as well so when you like hover over a parent frame, you'll get this like blue dash border around the other elements inside of it. So it just really shows you the structure. So you can get a sense of the direction straight away as well and how things are like behaving inside that frame without having to sort of like click on it, go to the properties panel, open that popover window, inspect the alignment widget, close that, look at the resize mode widget, and then <laughs> then try and get started, which I mean, most times was just like removing also layout and rebuilding it and starting again. So the idea was to like hopefully get rid of that mentality, that mindset of having to remove everything to build it the way you would build it, and actually be able to like collaborate on something. Also, because some of the some of those options are not hidden, but yeah, like you mentioned, there's there's, there's a couple of clicks away, and if you're not, especially if you're not familiar with auto layout, maybe you wouldn't know that you could click on the thing to add just top padding or something. Um, if you're looking for it, if you assume or or have a if you guess that this has got to be an option then you can look for it and, maybe, and eventually find it but even if you don't even know it, it's there <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah having the thing directly on canvas i think is a huge win i you really win me over when you make something possible that i just didn't even expect to be possible and i didn't even know i wanted like when you have the little like on canvas uh, let's say the distance when you're dragging stuff around or something and you can double click on the on the number to edit it directly on the popover thing yeah, yeah that is like i didn't expect that to be possible i wanted it but i wouldn't even try it because i was like nah of course not and then you know thanks for demoing that because otherwise i think i would just go about and always assume that of course you can't edit the thing directly so i <laughs> appreciate that uh or even just like i i assumed a lot of like little keyboard shortcuts or little things you they're probably hard to discover but once either someone points it out or you demo it on stage or a tweet or something once you figure it out it just becomes part of the thing <laughs> yeah there's a lot of those keyboard shortcuts um yeah no, and hopefully they, they serve sort of the, the power users um as you mentioned um but yeah with the canvas input uh, and Canvas UI in general, like as Joel mentioned, like the the the, the, the big benefit I think, and, and sort of why we wanted to do it initially is it puts auto layout right there in front of you on the canvas, and it becomes so much more like obvious that it's it's auto layout. But but we wanted to serve the power uses as well, uh, as you mentioned, right? It's it's not just for like making it accessible and always there, and we wanted it to be a good way of quickly like you know sort of ideal sort of fast workflow edit auto layout as well for for even for the power users um and that's when the sort of the canvas input came in like because we know that like if you are if you want to set up a layout 
you often have a number in mind for the padding. Like you know the padding is going to mm-hmm. be 16, you know the padding, padding is going to be whatever number fits your design system, right? And then you don't want to drag the, pad, the, the handle to 16. Like, I mean, that's just going to be sort of a nuisance to 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 use the, the sort of the, that canvas manipulation option. Um, and that's when we started thinking about the, the canvas inputs. Um, it's actually kind of a longer <laughs> story, that design process. We, we actually started pretty... Um, ambitious with with uh, almost like a toolbar like in fig jam mm-hmm. um, uh, but then ultimately sort of paring it down to uh, just this sort of canvas input where you can enter number numbers uh, right on the canvas uh, because that's something that's really sort of stuck stuck around in prototyping that we really liked because i mean it, it just fits the workflow of you sort of knowing what number you need and, and sort of uh, uh, yeah just entering it my favorite sort of hidden feature is also that you can tab between the padding inputs on the canvas. So if you open, say, the top padding oh. input and press tab, like it goes to CSS order. So then it goes uh, right, bottom, left, and then back to... Um, Pro tip. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Kinda, yeah, nice. Cool hidden feature. I, yeah, it's not so much that I want to see more like toolbars, floaty things, or contextual menus or you know, on the canvas. But this feels like the right balance, you know? Right, um, right. I don't necessarily want to see like more stuff on it, but like I want to see this applied, <laughs> you know, in other places. I don't even know which places. I actually I need to like check myself using Figma and see when do I go to the inspector. Like when do I need it? Auto layout was a big one because that, that was the only way to to yeah. really do anything. But like you can do resizing and uh, moving and like rotation right you can do the drag the corners yeah. uh i don't know if you can do corner radius but like I, I wonder if like there's there's like a next victim like not victim but you know <laughs> what i mean like what's the next thing you can do directly because totally. now i'm yeah, addicted yeah. <laughs> i mean like, yeah i guess this ui, UI pattern in general has gotten more sort of common and almost the default in many editing apps like whether you're mm. using like i don't know dropbox paper or notion or like you, you know what like this sort of toolbar is and how it works so it, it's sort of and it puts things really close to what you're editing. So there are some good aspects, but but yeah, I mean, in a sort of there's definitely a trade off there as well, like with it being could be too much. Um Yeah. And I mean we really love it in Fig Jam, but yeah, I guess as you said, like in, in, in Figma, there probably are some places that we can do it um beyond our layout, but trying to be a bit careful there as well. So Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> uh I remember I I I visited a Figma's office way back when, like before before it was public, it was still in like private uh, beta thing. And I spent a day with the team. I was interviewing there. Um, did not work out. It's okay. Oh, cool. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm 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 not. It's fine. It's, I'm okay. <laughs> Why are you asking? Stop asking me about it. Um, anyway, and so I was. I remember being there, uh, working with the team, and I was working with Sarah Pease at. I believe she was the first designer there. Um, this was like 2016 or 15. Uh, anyway, and, and so I saw her use Figma, and she didn't have the the layer panel uh, visible. She hit it. Hmm. So no layers. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're a crazy person. How can you, you know, how can you do that? And she's like, I'm just trying it out. But she was challenging the idea, do you even need layers in the design tool i mean clearly it was not maybe it was ahead of its time <laughs> um you know it's 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 still here and it's still valuable but like that made me wonder like do we even need this if you get to a point as a pro user if you get to a point where you're so familiar and comfortable with the tool that you can only rely on either keyboard shortcuts or just like other in this case like direct manipulation on canvas that you can I guess what I'm asking is like one day maybe we'll be able to hide the inspector, you know, and just do whatever we want to do directly. Uh, this is not a question, but if you want to comment, <laughs> um, it looked crazy. I, she looked like like Tom Cruise in Minority Report, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say Minority Report when you started talking yeah. about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess like we have that in, in Fig Jam now to some extent. Like there's no layer panel there. But, True. Yeah. Um, True. But yeah, I mean. For sure. I mean, when we build new stuff, we definitely test it in hide UI mode. Like, because what works in hide UI mode and, and, and not is, I mean, some people kind of like 
just being there because you have like the full screen experience and mm-hmm. you sort of want to keep some some power available. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. So does does the direct manipulation on canvas is it still active when you do high UI? Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, it's definitely still there. Yeah. So I I don't know if any of you actually try to use it without even just for testing or something like try to use it without UI or like you know no I can't touch the inspector. Um, do you? I assume you're power users maybe uh like what what are some of the keyboard shortcuts or like some of the some of the i don't know quick tips yeah. Any, anything, anything you want to yeah for sure i mean uh, we're, we're definitely to some extent like testing it ourselves and, and at this point i guess we're power users right but <laughs> yeah um but but yeah, I mean, as we said sort of earlier, like we didn't design this new version specifically for power users. But I mean, at the same time, we we knew that that's we we, we don't want to sort of have regressions on on the power user experience. This is mm. something that power users love, so we, we we can only make their experience better. Like there's there's no other way. That's sort of the default at Figma to some extent. So so us focusing on usability was kind of a new thing, uh, I would say. Like specifically for a project like this, where you redesign something with the intention of of like actually making it easier to use. But yeah, there were some of those sort of specifically like we're we're doing this because we know that the people who really sort of want to learn every every sort of nook and cranny of the feature uh, we love. And um, I think the the keyboard modifiers on the for the canvas interactions is is definitely that. Um, I mean, just like when you resize a a, a box or a frame on the canvas, you can hold. Uh, option and shift and that sort of modifies like which directions you go um mm-hmm. whether like you sort of lock it sort of horizontally or vertically or, or do it all directions at the same time um, um so, so yeah i mean those types of things uh even though it's sort of like sort of standard behavior like we want that to always be the case on the canvas that uh, like keyboard shortcuts should sort of follow between features but but yeah i mean it's for the power users um Another one is that we we left a, a keyboard shortcut when pressing input fields in the properties panel. Um, so if you hold command while pressing any of the input fields for padding, uh, it actually turns into a, a box that just is all four padding sides at the same time. Oh. Uh, and we actually kept this partly because it was the old design and we knew that some people would just prefer to keep the old design. But it's also really good for... Uh, P- power users or perhaps CSS um, people who actually yeah. just want to enter CSS syntax because a, a four-way input field is actually really good for for just like knocking out the values with your keyboard, right? If you um, if you know it's that, my, so. it's my favorite one, definitely. <laughs> I love that little. It's like a little Easter egg. I really like it. Yeah. Um, I also love. Uh, so if you click on the alignment grid, like the the little nine by nine, uh, sorry, three by three uh, alignment control. Press X mm-hmm. goes to like space between, and also like just typing pressing on spacing. So if you are on the canvas and press like the uh, spacing between items on the canvas and have the input pop up, if you just type in A and enter, also goes to space between. So Ooh. A for auto. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's cool. Oh, I love that. Love the like in the I'm looking at the tooltip in the the advanced layout. Um, mm-hmm pop over love that you have a transition built in when you're like hovering like i said a text-based alignment <laughs> it's a little animation yeah. a transition between it states. definitely came from the usability focus that we just knew that some of these options would it would help so much if you could just have a little visualization that sort of shows what's oh yeah what's going on in a more sort of abstract abstract way um so yeah that was an early idea that that we sort of sort of built into that that whole popover basically um yeah, yeah i guess it I worked think, out pretty well i think like for the reverse stacking order like sometimes copy just isn't quite enough and the preview really does a lot of like the heavy lifting and showing you what to expect instead of just switching it on and then looking for what's happened um, that's a great point yeah yeah when, when we're talking about sort of the sort of the the keyboard shortcuts or, or shortcuts in gen- general like we also have the the double clicking on the canvas to go between resize modes, and um, this was actually really tricky. I think our prime or like initial idea wasn't to use a double click, but we wanted to find the keyboard shortcut for um, going to 
like whether you're thinking about the, the vertical resizing or the horizontal resizing, going to fill or hug. Um, mm. But the tricky part there is that it's basically four keyboard shortcuts. It's like either horizontal or vertical, and then like either fill or hug. So it's 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 a lot of shortcuts, and we wanted to make them feel sort of spatially <laughs> sort of sensible. Um, so we really wanted to use either the arrow keys or uh, WASD for a keyboard shortcut, um, just to make it like make sense that mm. you're either going horizontally or vertically uh, when you're trying to change your resize mode. Um, but it actually basically couldn't, we couldn't do it because uh, there's so many keyboard shortcuts already occupied um, with those imagine, keys. Yeah, yeah, the conflicts on those. Yeah, and uh, partly in Figma, we use them a few ourselves, but also like they, they're used in Chrome, like switching between tabs in Chrome. Uh, it's sometimes different between Windows and Mac, so you might not be able to use something because it's different on Windows, for right. example. And um, um, and also, I imagine some um, some keyboard shortcuts you define based on position on the keyboard, but then boom, international keyboards. <laughs> <They're doing laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah, I mean, we're all in, in Europe, so we're probably familiar with those. Totally. Um, yeah. yeah, but then we we, we actually. We, we knew that double click was an option because that that actually existed for text boxes even before mm. all layout this all layout update, um, and yeah, playing around with that, it, it, I think it worked out pretty well because uh, I mean you either click on the sort of the vertical or the horizontal um, uh, perimeter of your your selected node, right. and uh, that sort of makes it a bit more like spatial and um, yeah, like you sort of yeah contextual yeah, yeah, exactly sure. yeah. I don't want to keep you too long because um, you all have a life and it's uh, getting late here. <laughs> so you mentioned that you started a project roughly a year ago. Has it been just just the two of you uh, on the on the design team for for the project? Um, yeah. So Oscar kind of kicked off the project doing some research. Um, I think initially it was like I was working on a different project as well, and then we kind of realized how big auto layout is of a project, even though it feels like this tiny little thing. It's like, uh, uh -huh. yes, it's a lot of work, a lot, a lot of uh, moving parts are going to it. Uh, and so after we, I also done some like initial research, I sort of joined in and uh, helped to like do some user testing and like, I guess, define the, the milestones for the project as well. And at that point it was more like, a, I guess, a co-designing project. Um, so we both like, we all both worked on, on the, uh, like PRD and specking out, uh, the, the, the whole project, the feature. Uh, and then I guess when it came to like, the actual features, we all like, we both like took different parts, different elements. Cause, uh, even though it's like one feature, it all has like different areas. So there's like the layer panel and there's Definitely. like, how, how do we do like the layer ordering, all that kind of stuff, the direct manipulation on the canvas or those like canvas visualizations, just like the interactions on the canvas and then the properties panel, which is like its own separate beast as well. And also the like layout, advanced layout is like a separate part. So we kind of divided up the work um, in those areas, but also then I guess when someone like ran out of steam on something, then someone else would pick it up. So I did a bunch of nice. like property panel exploration and it didn't feel quite right. And then like Oscar like jumped in and yeah, did a bit more uh, and it was sort of, like past things back and forth quite a bit it's, it's actually not super common to be two designers sort of working on a project like this at figma so it was kind of like a um, new setup but but as joel mentioned like being able to both sort of riff on each other's work that really helped this project because sometimes you have like you come from like a different perspective on like how something should work or yeah um like w w perhaps uh, like maybe I think about sort of the, the some CSS aspect and, and 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 the other person thinks about some um, some sort of existing Figma behavior that we should align to. Like there, there's so many like ways you can think about the design of a feature like this, and having sort of those two perspectives really helped them passing things around um, and riffing each other's other's work. Uh, and just also there were so many features that we we knew we had to prototype in depth because just looking at mm. a mock-up of the design just wasn't like, I mean, there was a, a few of those crits in the beginning or design critiques where um, we just like had so many ideas on, on the table, basically, like we could take it in this direction or this direction or like explore that type of thing with this ultimate goal of making it easier to use and, and adding these features. But we just couldn't say like what was the best approach or what was the most sort yeah. of valuable 
design to sort of chase after. So just being two people in a project and being able to prototype out some of these features um, and, and then user testing them actually um, really helped us sort of just, yeah, have, have get enough understanding about what, what ideas worked out or not or would be good to use or not. So When you said that um, it's not very common to have two designers on a feature of Figma, uh, just to clarify, what, what's the common uh, dynamics? Just a single designer per feature? Yeah, I think the, the most common is just one designer is okay. responsible for for a feature or or a project. Um, perhaps with one designer sort of being sort of the the go to person for feedback right. or questions. Like, um, but but yeah, in this case, we were actually sort of equally committed to to this project at the same time, and that, that's sort of what what isn't as common, uh, or at least right. up until this point. Yeah. Got it. Because, uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, how soon in the development did you bring uh, bring some engineers uh, into the mix and started building some of the prototypes? Because this is this feature is so much like what it is and how what it allows you to do as is uh, the actual UI, right? It's like deciding or designing the feature of like absolute positioning is one thing, and then the UI is like almost whole separate thing right it it, yeah. it wouldn't affect the, then the behavior yeah. of the feature I, I don't know if it's clear but so totally. i assume that a lot of it has to be prototyped like to, to see does it does it feel right does it you know does it work yeah we uh we did some like early user testing so i actually we actually built like this uh auto layout design uh, prototype which was using this like contextual toolbar idea we spoke about earlier uh we ran some user tests with that and got like a to sort of like uh, get a gauge on are these is this the right like feature set to like focus on and once we've got like a good reaction from that we just went into like prototyping with engineering straight away so because so much of it required like interacting with the canvas manipulating the properties panel maybe moving layers maybe dragging to resize uh, we just needed to like build it out so it really works in yeah. a sort of like I guess like a really startup way on the on this feature just sort of like doing a spec for something let's build it out to feel it out instead of just like you know spec design uh, designing every single intricate little detail let's just figure it out on the fly let's do yeah. let's build something and see what feels nice cool, yeah yeah from some of my conversations but what do you call Fib the figma people like figmates <laughs> figmates yeah, yeah. got it all right <laughs> so, <laughs> i've spoken to some figmates uh and uh, yeah like the collaboration with engineer always seems to be always there, right? Like it's 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 rare that I've heard, you know, someone say that yeah, we designed a whole thing and then we're just waiting on engineering to implement it, kind of. Yeah. Um, that's that that's cool. In the collaboration you just mentioned, the ability to riff on each other's work and kind of like you know pass on the torch, kind of um, that is uh, from experience. Like that's a beautiful place you can get to in 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 a team. Because it's also very easy to feel protective or feel some kind of ownership or whatever. You know, someone else is stepping on your toes. Like, no, 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 I don't want to go there. Um, so, getting into that groove of that collaboration is super cool. So, I'm glad y'all y'all got there, and I think it shows in in the final result. That's nice. Cool. Yeah, that's good to hear. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So. It's 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 this been an hour. Uh, let's wrap it up. I uh, I have to ask you because it's it's a thing we do in the show, and even though Kevin is not here, I'm still going to honor our tradition. And uh, I would ask you if you if you have any recommendation for us. So this is the thing, the segment we do. I can start actually. Um, so um, my recommendation is um, it's a YouTube channel that I've been pretty obsessed Ooh. about recently. Um, uh, it's a guy from the Netherlands called uh, Martin Dullard. Um, he okay. has this, uh, or he bought this sort of uh, cabin property in the Italian Alps, and he's renovating it and um, filming uh, for his YouTube channel with really beautiful cinematography, like these views over over the Alps and uh, his projects, which is is just really going in depth on. So. Um, every week, I've been really, really loving his uh, his video videos he uploads. So that's my recommendation. That sounds awesome. Can you send me a link? I'll make sure to add it in the show notes for sure. Yeah, yeah I guess my recommendation is so I'm really into music and hip hop. So 
I got a book recently called uh, Diller Time, which is about like mm. Jay, Dill- Jay Diller's uh, like process for producing music. I guess you could consider him like the opposite of auto layout. He didn't like <laughs> lay out his music in a, a structured way. He is just very much more freeform. Um, but yeah, it's super interesting. I've just started reading it. Um, but yeah, if you're a hip hop head, I definitely recommend that book. Cool. Oh man, these are these are good. Uh, mine are not as good. Uh, I was just going to recommend Harry Styles' new album, but now I guess I need to up my game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sneak recommendation. Uh, I, I guess I can recommend this this show on HBO. It's called I think it's called The Staircase. Uh, uh, I don't know if y'all seen it or not. Um, but like, there was this not that long ago. If you're like, wait, isn't that an old documentary? Yes, there was this documentary also on HBO um, about this like murder mystery type thing. Um, it was a really cool documentary. Like if you're into those, um, it was cool, and it was you know as as a lot of these shows uh, do. The ending sometimes is not that satisfying because like we don't really know, right? So we can theorize like. Did they do it? Who's the murderer or whatever? Kind of like Serial, right? Like it was huge, but then kind of unsatisfying ending. Um, So there was a documentary, and I also recommend you watch that. It's a good documentary. But now this show was, it's a a, a dramatized reenactment of the events. And on episode one, I was like, why am I watching this? Because like, I know what happened, right? Like, I've seen the documentary. I know these characters. I think I've, I think I've seen, like, uh, I haven't watched the episode, but I've definitely heard about this. But, like, I was curious or, you know, yeah, I was curious enough because it's, it's uh, played by Colin Firth and Tony Collette, you know, legends. I was like, all right, <laughs> well, you know, this can't be that bad because these, these are good. Um, so the first episode was just like, you know, and then again, like a reenactment of a dramatized version of the events. And it was fine. And then episode two, that's when it kind of, it, it, it got good for me. Cause then you see the documentary crew filming the documentary. So it's going like, it's very meta. It goes like one level above. It's a show dramatized version of the documentary crew filming a documentary about these events, it gets wild. Um, and it's, uh, it's still going. It hasn't ended yet. The first season, I assume there's going to be one season. I don't know, but anyway, it's on HBO. It's called the staircase and it's, uh, it's pretty good. I guess I would recommend you watch the documentary first because then you get that extra layer, but mm. I guess you don't have to, it's still enjoyable as is. So links in the show notes, I guess if you want to watch that, um, and yeah, I get th- that's it. <laughs> uh, Oscar Joel, thanks so much for joining me uh, this week and for for letting me ask you all the annoying questions and and letting us know a little bit more about you know what it is to work on a feature like this. And um, I'm always fascinated by the people who build the tools I use to build other things. You know, <laughs> um, so thanks so much for joining us or me. Kevin is not here. So. <laughs> I, I I know he's listening. Hi, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> I miss you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah. It was fun. What, is there anything you want to plug or maybe just like a Twitter handle? I don't know if you're on, big on Twitter, but anything you want to you want to plug before you go? Or where can people find you online? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, if you definitely have, if you haven't seen our talk on Auto Layout, definitely recommend watching that on YouTube. Yes. Uh, and also, yeah, if you want to stalk me on Twitter, my name, my username is Joel Talks Design. Nice. And I do talk about design. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and just like, if you have more feedback about Autolayout, we're always curious to hear. So, I mean, ping us on Twitter, use the Figma forums. Um, we're really excited to hear uh, more opinions, like whether they're positive or negative. Um, but yeah, I'm also on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at O-S-C-R-S-E. Nice. We're going to put links in the show notes. Uh, if you just want to tap on their links, <laughs> also works. Uh, cool. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I can do the outro. Sorry, this is awkward if you just have to like watch me do the thing. But hey, people listening to this, if you've made it all the way to the end, thank you. You can you can uh, follow our account on Twitter. That's at LayoutFM. Uh, I'm at Rafa Hari. And Kevin is not here, but you know, he's still at Vernal Kick. You can follow him as well. Uh, our website is layout.fm. Um, you can go there to find you know more episodes. Uh, we also have other figmates that have been on the show talking about other features um you can you can listen to those if 
as well. Um, and as well as you can find all the links to every, everything we mentioned. Um, again, layout.fm. And talk to you soon. See you online.